Joe Agnello, aka the Barber Guru on Instagram, is the CEO and co-founder of City Image Barbershop. With 10 locations in northern New Jersey, they are the largest privately owned in New Jersey and one of the largest in the U.S. Joe is the Entrepreneur of the Year in 2022 for the CT Barber Expo. He gives free advice on his Instagram and coaches barbershop owners. And he also has over 200 people signed up for this masterclass. Today, we're going to hear his story, how he got to where he is and what he's doing now. Welcome back to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes and I am your host today. I'm with Joe Agnello. How are you doing today, Joe? What's up, Robert? I'm doing well. I'm glad to finally be uh, on your podcast. It's been a long time coming and uh, I'm excited for this conversation we're about to have. Yeah, me too. Um, so anybody who's out there listening or watching, we I met Joe at the uh, Barber Expo, the um, BarberCon in uh, New York. And that was 2022, I believe. Yes. And uh, we connected and, uh, you know, being such a busy person, uh, it took a while to get on Joe's, Joe on your schedule. And I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. So uh, let's hear your story. Like, um, first of all, are you a barber? I am not a barber. No. Uh, okay. So my brother's a barber. Uh, he's my five years younger than me. Um, you know, he started the first location in 2009. He was only 19 years old. At the time I was working at a bank. I was a bank manager actually. And I was just helping my brother out with what I thought I knew about business, which obviously now what I know about business now, I knew nothing then, but, you know, being the older brother and always looking out for him, I just wanted to be there uh, and, and support him in any way possible. So I just kind of was helping out in the background, just helping out with like paying the bills and kind of giving them a little bit of advice on how to deal with some of the employees and stuff like that at the time and nothing crazy. Right. And he always had a dream of opening up a chain of barbershops and, you know, the dream is always one thing, but actually doing it is another thing. So it was one of those things where like at the time you listen to him and you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, let's try and get through this shop first and see what happens, you know, but you know, his relentlessness, his, work ethic and his ability to not be selfish and bring other people on to the, you know, as partners, such as myself and also Isaac, who was the second barber ever hired in the company, who became our partner and everything. And then obviously growing barbers along the way and, and allowing them to become partners and owner operators. Uh, that just shows the unselfishness of my, of, of Jeff, my brother, and how this business wouldn't have been able to grow if it wasn't for that. There's a lot of business owners who refuse to share the wealth, who refuse to make other people a part of their process, a part of their journey. And hey, listen, sometimes it works out for them, but most times it doesn't in a sense of scaling. It's hard to scale when you don't have a team. And when that team, and I don't mean a team of employees, of course, because that's important as well, but just a team of like-minded people that are equally as invested as you that love the company as much as you love the brand as much as you have the same vision you know there's only so much you're going to get out of employees you know there some of them diamonds in the rough might eventually become that but you know you need you need some partners if you really want to do something big and that's um, then it's what that's what Jeff and and myself and Isaac and and our entire team have been able to do and we're now at 10 locations um across all over northern new jersey um, and we're proud to say that we are the largest privately owned barbershop. And that's not something to just boast as clout or any other reason. It's, it's not easy. We have zero outside funding. We have no big money investors behind us. We just take 
all of the any type of profits that we have and keep reinvesting it back into our employees, back into the business to keep growing. We take low salaries. Many people, if they hear with the salaries that we take, they'd be shocked at how low we pay ourselves. But to us, it's always long-term. And if you pay yourself a lot now, you're not going to get a lot in the future. But if you if you reinvest the money constantly and to a point to where it gets to a point where then you can start to do really well and be able to distribute money for yourself, hey, we're not in business as charity. You know, the goal is to distribute profits to yourself and to have a really good life. But, you know, we still have a little bit left in the tank where we know that we can keep reinvesting to get it to a bigger and better brand and a stronger brand. So that's where we're at now. Uh, and, you know, I got a question. What are you, um, how long ago did this happen? Did you start with your brother and like create this, start creating this partnership and team to scale and get everything to where it is? Yeah, good question. So 2009 is when he opened and it wasn't until 2013 uh, which is four years later that we opened our second location. That's when I officially came on as a partner, you know? So it was about four years of, you know, just, you know, my brother just working hard and going through his battles of entrepreneurship at a very young age. His friends are all in college, having fun, going out, drinking and all these different things. And he's just buckling down and working 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week, you know, making really great money, of course, because, you know, obviously you're, as an owner operator and you're cutting hair, you're doing well, especially in a small shop, you know, three chairs, rent was really low at the time, you know, uh, nothing like what it is now, obviously. And, uh, you know, but you, you had to have that work ethic in there and that's what he had. So once we saw 2013, we had an opportunity to open up a location number two, that's where I came on board as a partner. And, uh, you know, it was rough, you know, having a second location doesn't mean double the work. I think a lot of people have that misconception. It's like, oh, well, just two locations, just let me just double the work. Like, no, that doesn't, that's, it's so much more than that. It's making sure that like, okay, so do you stay in location number one or do you move to location number two? Then does location number one hurt because you left it? And now do you have the right person in charge there to, to take care of location number two or vice versa? Myself, I was still working in the bank and I couldn't, you know, a barbershop doesn't make enough money if you don't cut hair in it to be able to profit enough to live to, to to be able to afford your bills right it's just not one of those not one of those businesses and um so i still had to work full time so obviously i would go to the second location after work you know i'd get out good thing it was a bank so we, we closed at 4 four thirty, right and i would shoot right to the second location finish out the night there especially for the first like six months go there all day saturdays and stuff like that but you know it it, it took a toll and it wasn't easy and i really will say uh we actually put it for sale after not even a year and thank God, thank God, nobody bought it. You know, we obviously had the price a little too high. Right. And, uh, but you know, I'm so happy because I think that this business would have gone in a completely different direction if we had sold that business. And because then that would have been one of those cases of, well, yeah, we tried doing this another location didn't work out, you know, location number one will still just do fine. Jeff's there. He's going to be work a barber, you know, he'll invest in real estate and that's how he'll do well in life. And I'll just climb the, continue to climb the ladder in barbering, uh, sorry, in banking. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until Isaac, who was our third partner, who was at the time working for, for Jeff in Little Falls as his manager, that he was like, send me to Oradell, which is location number two. You know, if you want to fix it, send me there. I got it. And, you know, there was, I was like, sure, go. And Jeff was kind of like being selfish, right? Because he didn't want to lose his his right hand man for in his current location. 
And I, and I say selfish, not in a bad way. Like it's understandably so, you know, everything's going well here. You know, if you break that, now we might have two problems where it's like, now I have a problem here and a problem there. But I said to Jeff, Hey, listen, you're there no matter what. So it's not going to fail. This is failing. So it's, so Isaac went there and the numbers tripled in a matter of a year. And that was the beginning of the beautiful journey. Uh, 2016, we opened up our third location. 2017, our fourth location. 2018, we opened up three at once uh, to be at seven. And then obviously, uh, you know, 2020 was COVID, you know, and, you know, that took a little bit. But we did, we came out of COVID with two new locations, actually, because we used, unfortunately, you know, COVID closed down some shops and we were able to grab a couple locations because we were so foundationally strong to be able to do so. So we currently opened up our 10th location now uh, this past week. Uh, It's doing pretty well so far, thank God. But obviously, you know, it's January. So it's always going to be a little bit less busy than norm. Yeah, totally. That is how Uh, the journey started. Okay. Um, so I have actually, I feel like so many different directions we could go with this. Uh, um, one is, you know, just the whole idea of scaling, like, and, uh, you talking about salon owner, um, or shop owner, um, not making enough money unless they're working in the shop. And that is, that translates over into salons as well. Like it's, pretty hard to make a decent living if you're not working behind the chair um so how how did that how did that happen like how did the conversation like is was there a conversation were there multiple conversations was your your brother right you said is is he was he like i don't want to take a big a large amount of a large salary i'll just uh Let's just like keep putting the money into the business. Eventually, I'm assuming you had you stopped working at the bank. Like, when did that happen? And like, how did you make all that work financially? The the reason why I want to I want to like just put this here before you answer. Sorry, um, I want uh, people who are on the come up, who are aspiring to open up a shop or a salon, to understand that these realities but it also to the people who don't want to be a business owner who just want to work at a shop or salon i'd love for them to have an appreciation for just how hard it is to squeeze money out of these shops especially when you're a single shop owner yeah so myself my brother jeff and isaac have like-minded mentalities of we're going to do what it takes to grow our business if that takes us not paying ourselves for a while that's what we'll do you know, um, after the bank, I took a job as a vice president of a retail chain for two years. And uh, and I took that position because it was obviously a, a really big increase in pay. And obviously, a you know, I saw that the banking industry was kind of becoming different and people were no longer going to the banks anymore. Right. So I said to myself, how much longer can I really, you know, stay in this industry and how much can I really grow? Like I can grow to be the vice president of a comp- of a bank and this and that, but like I was looking at the salaries and stuff and I'm like, it's really the amount of, the amount of stress you go under for the amount that these people are getting paid is really not enough, you know? Uh, and it's not all about money with me, but when I'm, if I'm working for somebody, of course it's going to be, you know, I, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm getting compensated for the amount of stress and, and, and things I'm responsible for. And I noticed that the, and I had a conversation with, my, with the CEO of the bank at the time, and he said the same thing. He was like, I don't know where banking is going, you know? And I was like, okay, if the CEO is saying this, like, 
<laughs> we need to, I need to I need to listen, right? So I got yeah, offered totally. this position to I got offered this position uh to be the vice president of a retail chain. And you know, in two years that I was there, I did pretty well, right? Uh to help them out. They're doing fantastic now. And um, but not because of me, just because the owner is just a, a beast and does a really great job. But um, I could say I helped a little bit at the time, obviously, to to kind of pick it up and and then I just said to myself, you know, if I really want to do this and if we really want to do this, I have to be there full time. I have to be a part of the business full time. Uh, and that took a huge sacrifice. It took getting six figures a year to going down to nothing, essentially nothing. And when I say nothing, I'm talking like $500 a week I was paying myself, like really nothing. And we did that knowing and obviously Jeff and Isaac, they sacrificed on their end by you know, the money that they were making in the shops, cutting hair, they were re were putting it back into the business and, you know, just paying themselves low, low pay. And, you know, it's a big sacrifice. So if you're looking to be an entrepreneur or a business, a business owner, right. You have to sacrifice. If it's not, no, you're, you know, and I mean a true entrepreneur, I mean a true business owner, not someone who's just, and I don't want to offend anybody, but not someone who's just in a suite and working for themselves by themselves. Yeah. You took a risk, you took a small risk there, but if you have a clientele, it's not really a risk. You know, you're just paying some rent. You're paying a little bit of a higher booth rent and saying that you're a business owner, right? I'm talking about a real risk, a risk that now you have employees, people that cannot feed their families, cannot pay their bills if your business doesn't do well, right? And also, if you don't keep them growing and if you don't keep the business growing, sometimes people think that, well, it's like, what if I can't grow my, but what? there's a difference here. You might not be able to grow your employees because maybe you don't want to open up another location or maybe you don't, but they need to see growth in the company in general, right? And that that's based on numbers. That's based on, are you remodeling? Are you fixing things up? Are you bringing education into the fold? Are you bringing new products in? Are you, are you investing some money into social media so that you get more awareness in the industry? Are you doing community events? Like that's growth, right? It doesn't have to just be, oh, if this person doesn't become a, a partner with me, they're going to leave. Or if this person doesn't become a manager, they're going to leave. Most employees just want to be behind the chair, getting paid really well, enjoying their job, working in a safe environment and you providing the best work-life balance that you can possibly provide for them. Right. And then on top of that, they want to see growth. Right. So when they see, even if they're seeing growth in others, like, you know, our, our employees are seeing growth in others in our company that become managers that become partners that inspires them. Even if they're, even if they don't have any, even if they don't have a want to become an owner one day, but that just inspires them to see growth around them. And that's important. And I think that that's, what when when you have when you become a business owner and you're gonna commit to having employees, you have to say to yourself, I am ready to sacrifice anything. I'm ready to sacrifice time with my family. I'm ready to sacrifice time with my friends. I'm ready to sacrifice football on Sundays because unfortunately on Sundays is when I'm gonna have time to in the beginning maybe go and do the laundry and clean the shower because I can't afford a cleaning company to come in. So I'm gonna do it on Sundays. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to do the numbers on Sundays and, and I'm going to figure in a crunch numbers, whatever it is, like you might have to sacrifice some football, you know, you might have to sacrifice going out with your friends all the time. You also are going to definitely have to sacrifice money. If you open up a business and you're not sacrificing money and you have employees, God bless, man, you should be teaching me how to do things at that point, because there is no possible way that you open up a business where there's enough to eat for everybody to where you don't have to sacrifice some of your pay. Okay. And we've done it time and time again. We do it every single time we open up a new location. And we obviously have gotten better and better at it, of course. But 
if you're looking to become a business owner, you got sacrifice is the key word. And anything you mention, I'm going to say, yeah, that's sacrifice. Any facet of your life will be sacrificed if you're doing it the right way. If you care enough, if you want to grow your employees, sacrifice is where it comes in. They're going to know if you're sacrificing. I don't work in a shop. We have an office here. I'm in the office every day. Not once do I think my employees don't think I'm working. They know I'm working. They know I'm sacrificing. They know I work more than they do. And I should. Your employees should not work more than you. You should work more than them. Until you get to a point where then you can pump the brakes. I'm not even at that point yet. And we have 10 locations and 14 years in. I can't. Oh, I, I got it. Okay. So that's a good, I'm glad you got there. So uh, yes, I, I love all this, like uh, starting anything. Um, I think people, uh, I think people have, uh, there's like this popular narrative going on all over social media that you can work four hours a week and make $10,000 a month or something like that, or, or more, I'm sure. But um I definitely, I'm glad that you said that now, however, if you're, if, if someone's hearing this and they're like, okay, I get it. I get it. I want to be, I want to open up my own shop and have people that rely on me. Um, I want it to be bigger than me. Um, and, or maybe they want to move multiple locations. I feel like that might be two separate, uh, approaches and answers to this question, but um, when is that point? Like, uh, do you have any advice or how do you kind of look at like, I mean, one, what is your point where you start taking some, you know, taking more money or, or, or doing less work, or maybe there's a bigger exit plan to sell the whole business. Um, and then also what type of like words of advice, um, and like, uh, things can you tell, help people when they're thinking like, well, how long am I going to have to do this for? Um, yeah. Well, I would say, you know, first of all, it's not money, it's mindset right? You have to get your mindset right in order for you to think that you're ready to become a business owner, right? And, and, and you can, you can listen to all these podcasts, you can read a bunch of books, you can do all this stuff. But if you are not truly believing it deep down inside, and you're ready to go and you're ready to sacrifice and you're ready to not make money uh, for a large portion of the time, then you're not ready, then you shouldn't be ready. Uh, I, I get a lot of our, you know, our barbers have asked us in the past, like, how do I become a partner? How much money do I need? It's not about money. It's like, it's not about money. It's about, are you, are you, is your mindset right? Are you the right person to become a partner with us? Do you, are you even the right person to be a leader first? Can you lead a team? Because if you can't lead a team, you definitely can't open, you know, be a partner, you know? So it's all about mindset. So when it comes to taking money and I mean, if you're, if you're automatically thinking that you're going to start a business just so you can make more money, you're already behind the ball, you know, you're already, because if you start to think about how many hours you work a week. And how much money you actually make. And I'm not saying not to be a business owner. I love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world, obviously. But you really don't make much, right? Because you have to, if you divide it by how many, if you're a true business owner that does, that works really hard and dedicates his or her life to their business to make it grow, you're not going to really make much, especially in the beginning. When is the time to start paying yourself more? When you see your bank account has enough in it to do payroll to pay the bills and to have a cushion, God forbid your AC unit breaks and you got to pay $10,000 to $12,000 just to fix it, to have a new one, right? So like you've seen an extra thousand or 2,000 in the bank account thinking that it's time for you to take it, wait till your AC breaks in the dead of, in the dead of summer and 
your barbers or your or your stylists are sweating under their armpits all over everybody and and the clients are feeling uncomfortable and the hair sticking to their faces and you got to get that done you got to get that done it's emergency at that point yeah if you can finance it and pay way more money on 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 you know pay way more money in interest or it, and you have to have the ability to finance it if your credit's not good you're really screwed so you have to have that cushion i would say at least 5 to 10,000 in the bank account as a cushion, then you can start to pay yourself. Then you could start to say to yourself, you know, I think I could take a little bit more money. You know, I think I can distribute some money on a quarterly basis at this point to myself. Because listen, you're a business, you should be able to, right? But if you think that the that profit is if profit is the reason for you to go in business, that's when you fail. Okay. Profit is a result of everything else. That's what it is. It's a result. We've heard all the business gurus talk about it. It's true. You go into business with a mission, with a goal in mind. And if you do everything correctly, it will lead to profit eventually, right? And then you take those profits and then you should absolutely enjoy yourself. You should absolutely pay your, uh, distribute some profits to yourself and, 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 you know, personally live a good life and do what you're supposed to do. Because, you know, you put the work in. I think a lot of people have to stop thinking that it's embarrassing or it's, or you should be embarrassed to show that you're profiting as a business owner. Because what happens is employees make you feel that way sometimes not ours but in general that's what a lot of business they have to hide how much they're profiting it's like no no, no. as long as you're taking care of your employees and they're getting paid well and they're and they're growing you shouldn't be embarrassed to profit that means success that means that the business is in a good spot to where they're not going to lose their job right if it's not profiting so uh paying yourself should come when you have some cushion in the bank and that's in any, whether you have 10 locations or one location, you got to have cushion in the bank. Five, $10,000 is what I see uh, at the very minimum, $5,000 at the very minimum, very minimum. And you hope that you hope that your AC is not going to break, you know? And, and if you guys think that the landlord pays the AC when it breaks, yeah, no, that's, do you re follow that's Sorry, residential, man. that's residential, not commercial. <laughs> So do you follow um do you follow like conventional wisdom having six months of bills in the bank account uh as a buffer thing or so I don't so I don't believe so again the reason why I say five thousand is I always worry about those things. I don't think that you should have three months of uh six months of bills in a bank account on top of that because remember, if you need three months of bills, that means that you're not gonna have any business for three months. And the only time we've seen that is through COVID. And hopefully that doesn't happen again, right? right. Like, so you don't need three months of business because what happens is too much money in the, in the in the bank account that you're not investing properly. Money in the bank doesn't do anything for you, right? Besides support, have a cushion, which I said should be between five and 10,000. 10, like your zero point should be $5,000. Like if you see $5,000 in your bank account when all bills are paid, that's zero to you. That's what that, if you really want to run your business well. Now, in the beginning, you're not going to be able to be there. You're not, it's going to take you a while to build that up. In the beginning, you're going to be scraping. You're going to, you're going to be negative. You're going to get that fee from the bank and call them up and say, can you waive it? Like you're going to have that in the beginning. And if you don't, then that means you're not, you're not, you're not working hard enough at that point. That means that you're not taking enough risks for your business because playing it safe is not good for business either, right? If you're playing it safe, that means that what does that mean? You're probably not playing in your, you're probably not paying your employees enough, right? You're also probably injecting way too much into your business 
And then it's going to hurt you on the personal side because I've seen that happen before, right? Or you're being a miser and you're just keeping the money in the bank and uh, and then it's eroding because of inflation. Exactly. And, and that's what people don't. So people get excited with money in the bank and they don't realize that it actually is costing you more money to have it in the bank. You know, so it's you, you have to build that up. But I don't believe in the whole three months, six months, uh, you know, because then that means you would have zero sales for three months at all. And when does that really happen? You know, right. so one month cushion in the bank account as like your actual like cushion is fine, but about $5,000 is what I see. And again, it depends on the business, but what right. I see, what you should have is because like I said, things break all the time. You need to have that. If you're, if you're running at zero all the time and something breaks, what happens now? If you have, if you have money in your personal account that you have to inject into the business, that's fine. You know, you want to do it that way. And you have money in your personal account into investments or whatever, and you can you can remove that and inject into the business for an AC that breaks or a heating system or whatever. That's fine, but just make sure you have it somewhere. You're not you're not running the account down to zero at all times and spending the money on the personal side on going on vacations and having an expensive car and all that stuff. And now all of a sudden the AC breaks. And it's like shit. What do I do? You know how am right. I going to fix this? So and so someone has. Um... I feel like I feel like I want to talk about uh, I want to ask you about like, what do I need? Like going from uh, where I where say like going from non owner to planning to open. I think I would love to talk about that. But um, bef I think we can save that for our next conversation. But I wanted to ask you. Um, it sounds like it sounds like if you have uh oh yeah my question was partners if you have a partner how would you feel i mean you have a partner how would you feel like or what would you advise somebody when it comes to um you know you saying well if you have money in your personal account then that's fine but like if you have a partner do you know if your partner has the money in their bank account or not do you have any thoughts on that well that's all about that's all about minds like you have having partners you have to have the same mindset you know, it's a marriage. It really is. And your partner shouldn't come in just for money, right? That's more of a silent partner, which, you know, I, I don't have any. We don't have any. All of our partners are actual partners. They're working in the business, right? So we know that they all have the same mindset. We all have the same mindset. So if people, if we have to inject money into the business, then we all have to inject money into the business. And, and we're confident that everybody knows that and has that. You know, gotcha. and, and it's it's all about having like-minded people. I think a lot of times, you know, I hear this all the time. I coach barbers and and they'll be like, I, I want to open up my second location. So I think I'm going to part, I'm thinking I'm going to make one of these guys my partner. And I'm like, well, why? Well, you know, he's got some money. He's been with me for a while. I'm like, but does he have the same mindset as you? Like, is he going to work as hard as you or almost as hard as you? You know, like, because what's going to happen is you're going to resent this person if it doesn't work out. And then once you resent them, then that's the beginning of the end for that partnership, you know, and, and when I say it's like a marriage, it's it, legally, it could be just, just as bad, you know, a lot of legal things could be tied into, I've seen a lot of partners, not in our company, of course, but I've seen, I have a lot of friends that are business owners. I've seen a lot of partners get into like really big legal battles and, and have problems. So, you know, you want to make sure that the person or people that you're partnering up with have a like mind. Have understand that hey, if push comes to shove and we need to pay our employees and there's not enough money in the bank account, we have to inject money in there. 
We have to not pay ourselves for a week, two weeks, a month, just to get back on track while we fi figure out what the problem is here. Because there's always a problem why you're not profiting. There's always a reason yeah. why you're profiting enough to at least pay the bills. Right. I guess, uh, personally, I just don't trust anybody enough to where if you're going to be my partner, I'm going to want to keep a certain amount of money in the bank just in case That's you fine. decided yeah. to go put a down payment on a house. And uh, then the AC breaks and then we got a whole uh, pipe bursts and, you know, all these things happen all at once. Um, and also the thing you said earlier about um, about uh, paying yourself, you know, I was talking to my accountant and I was asking, I was like, so when do I start paying myself like a salary? And he goes, well, you need to, we need to like wait and see when you have enough money in the business that you can afford to put yourself on some sort of salary, uh, then we'll figure that out. But for the first few years, because we're like in kind of full on startup mode now and trying to like grow our business, um, he said, for the first few years, just uh, you're not going to basically just take the money that you need, absolutely need out of the business to pay your bills and uh, let the let the money build up. Does that make sense to you? So it does and it doesn't. Right. So it okay. does because we've done it. Right. But looking back, I made a mistake doing that. Right. Paying myself such a small amount like we don't pay ourselves enough right now, but at least we pay ourselves enough to be able to live our lives. Right. At the very minimum. But when I paid myself a very small amount at the time, that was a mistake because at that point you think your business is doing good, but it's really not because if you had to hire somebody at a normal number to do the job that you're doing, you would not be able to sustain it. So what happens is you're always going to have to be handcuffed to that job in that position because if I wanted to stop doing what I'm doing right at the time, I couldn't afford it, somebody to come on board for that low amount. They would never have been able to do all the things that I did, right? So, you know, business business um what's the word business uh i guess practice proper business practice is to pay yourself for the for the job that you're doing because if one when one day when you don't do it you'll easily be able to bring someone in and it won't cost the business anymore right when, so when you have go ahead sorry so if you're like if you're in charge of doing the payroll and if you're in charge of running the bills and if you're in charge of doing the marketing and stuff Pay yourself enough so that if you have to take that, if you have to split those positions into two, technically, you'd have to be able to afford those people. What if you get sick, God forbid, one day? Or what if, you know, you really have to take a break or whatever the case is, or you need to, in order for you to grow your business, you can't keep focusing on these little things because it doesn't allow you to grow your business. Well, then you have to have, you have to have been paying yourself enough money at that point to where now you can just be like, okay, yeah, I was paying myself $1,500 a week, I can get two people at $750 each to be able to do these two jobs. And, you know, I'll now the business doesn't take any hit at that point. And now I can focus on doing other things for the business to make it grow more so we can profit more. So that's proper business. I know that it's hard sometimes, especially in the beginning. So if you're going to do something like that, set a limit, set a time limit. I think two years is far too long. I think what happens is you start to realize that, you know, man, if I would have put, started putting some pressure on this business by paying myself for the things that I need someone else to do, I would have started making different decisions, right? But because it's one of those things of, oh, I don't, you know, business is doing fine. I'm just going to take care of the work. I'm just going to take care of the work. Well, you're not really growing at that point because all you're doing is you're, you're keeping the business alive due to your, due to your low price or $0 price. And nobody's going to work for $0. So you're never going to get someone that comes in and be like, I'll do the job for you, Robert, and you don't have to pay me.
That's what you're doing for yourself at that point. So I would say in the beginning, of course, it's necessary. So give yourself a timeline. Six, hey, within six months, I need to start paying myself for this position. And then within a year, I need to hire someone for this position. And I need to focus on how to grow it. You know, that's, and this is just based on, we've gotten a lot of, uh, we have coaches of our own, right? And we've gotten a lot of coaching on that. And that was a big mistake that we made. You know, in business, you naturally say to yourself, I'm not going to pay myself until I can pay myself. Well, according to these business moguls who have succeeded very, very much in business, they say that's that's actually the opposite you should do. Because then you would have also said to yourself, because then you don't close a business fast enough, right? Like closing a business has to do more with ego than anything else, right? But technically, if a business is not working out, and, you know, for a business idea you had is not working out and you're paying people to do it and you see you can't even afford to pay and you're not, and you're trying to grow and it's not working, then maybe it's not the right business and you might have to close it. But keeping it alive for too long because you're paying yourself less is something that is it's kind of like a disguise. You know, it's like it you, you think the business is doing well, but it really it's not, you know, so that's why it's important to pay yourself. But don't go crazy. Some people just go crazy, man. And I, you know, I, you know, I remember someone telling me, oh, if I don't make $3,000 a week, it's not worth me being in business. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, you can get there, but like, you're still, you're in year number two. God bless if you can get to 3000 a week in year number two and have a team that is making money and doing well. But like, unless you're doing all the work yourself, like 3000 a week is pretty unreasonable for you to set as a, like, I have to make this or else I'll close my business. It's like, you know, that's just a little, to me, that's a little greedy. You know, it's like, yeah. wait, if you're a business owner, you have to sacrifice. And 3000 a week is not sacrificing. That's for sure. <laughs> um, well, I uh, I want to talk more about like getting started and getting off the ground, but I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Uh, so I want to say thank you for taking your take of the time today. Uh, is there anything like last piece of advice or last thing you want to say before we close out? Um, I think this was a great conversation on uh, if you're in business or a little bit about what it takes to be business. Um, but we didn't talk about like that, making those first moves and the planning and stuff like that. And I think we'll we'll come back around to that to the next time we talk. But is there anything you would like to sign off with? I would say that the, the way to scale your business is to take care of your people. The biggest part of our business is people. The biggest part of our business is, is making sure that we're doing the things that we need to do to make sure that our employees and our team are happy and inspired at all times to continue to grow as the, as as people, right? If I ask anybody on our team, if, they've, if they're in a better position now than when they started working at City Image, I'm sure each and every one of them will say yes. And that's not just financially, that's mentally, that's physically, that's everything. Because what happens is if you feel good at work, you're going to feel good at home and vice versa. And what we do is we do monthly check-ins with our employees for one hour. They're meeting with our leadership team for one hour, going over the, the, just the beginning portion is their numbers. Everything else is about their goals, their personal goals, different questions, and 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 just having a conversation. It's with with your team to kind of know who they are as people because we all we're in the day to day, right? And it's easy to just see them, see each other as just you know employees and and managers and stuff. But when you have a conversation, when you're tied to at least one hour a week, a month, sorry, to be tied down to a conversation, actually speak to the person on a human level. That really does wonders for for our team, and it really it humanizes the the leaders, and for the leaders it humanizes the their 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 team members, and it's things like that that you need to make sure you're focusing on. 
You can't just have dollar signs over your employees' heads. They do need to produce for you, and they do need to be held accountable to certain numbers and quotas because that's business. And if they're not growing, they have to unfortunately, you know, be be coached. Sorry, I should say they have to be coached on how to get there. And obviously, if they can't get there, then that's when you have to make an unfortunate decision. But if you're not putting in the work to coach your team, both on a personal and professional level, for you to be there, for you to give them the numbers, you have to give them, you have to give them what to strive for in order for them to get there, right? And if you're not doing all that and you're just thinking like, hey, you should just be doing well just because you're doing like, no, like you need to provide education. You need to provide coaching. You need to provide a safe work environment. When I say a safe work environment, people always get confused. And they're like, what, like nobody robs you? Like, no, no, no. A safe work environment where you go to work and you're happy and you know that nobody around you is has an ill intent, that everyone around you is not competing with you. Light competition is good, right? Healthy competition is good within the shops. But when it comes down to it, everyone's a team and everyone is working for the same exact goal. And one of our core values is win together. That is that is what our mantra is. We win together, but we lose together, okay? So whenever someone is going through something, we all work on how to make that person do better. When someone is 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 got promoted, everyone comes in. I send a, We send a message out to the crew app, which is what we use to communicate. And every single employee is congratulating that person. When someone gets brought onto the team, they get introduced to everyone. And every single person is messaging them saying, work, welcome to the team. This and that. And this is from 10 different locations, right? That's a culture that we had to build. It wasn't like this four years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. It wasn't like this. And that all stems from hiring the person, not the barber. Okay. When you have someone in front of you, you have to hire a person that just happens to know how to cut hair. Okay. Because if the person is not right, and if the person has a bad, a bad attitude and is not in the right mindset, they're not going to be good for your team. I don't care how good they cut hair. Okay. Because the client doesn't dictate who a good employee is. Okay, you dictate and your team dictates who a good employee and who a good team member is. The client's always just going to look at the haircut at some point, right? And also the service. So you can have someone who gives a great service, really good with really good to the client, jokes around with them, gives them a great haircut, but they're a terrible team member and they're terrible and they're a terrible employee, right? Because they're just selfish, because they only think about themselves. But the client is never going to know that. So a client doesn't dictate who is a good employee, who's not. Numbers don't dictate who's a good employee and who's not. It's a whole package, right? The numbers need to be met, unfortunately, because if the numbers are not met, the business cannot continue to grow. They cannot continue to pay their bills. So numbers are important. And there's nothing wrong with saying that numbers are important. We have to get away from that mindset of numbers don't matter. No, numbers do matter in business. If you don't look at your numbers and you're not tracking your numbers and you're not tracking how much that person is, is, is how much that person is losing, actually how much that person is gaining and why is that person losing money? What, what do we need to work on to get them to retain clients? And if that doesn't work out, then unfortunately, maybe this is not the place for them. That's okay. That's healthy. That's business. You're measured on a, a variety of things, but numbers only, I've had to let go of people who are hitting really, really high numbers and have been with us for many years because they were bad apples and they were affecting the team. So in the end, like I said, what's most important is people. Figure out how to get your team to be happy at work, to be motivated, to keep growing, to want to come to work. As It's a job. I don't care what anybody says. You want to have passion. It doesn't matter. In the end, it's a job. If they're happy and excited to come to work more than any other place that they work at, that they would work at, then that is when you retain employees. Because if you retain employees, you retain clients.
Nice. Awesome. Cool. This is so good. Thank you so much for taking the time. I look forward to having you back for those people who who are on board with what you say and they want this and uh, but they haven't even started planning yet, uh, taking any first steps. So until then, uh, I'll I'll uh, have a good one and I'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank you again. All right. See ya.